Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True Cash Offer, not available in all areas. This might be the most wide-open NFL season that we have seen in a generation. Before all is said and done, and we have one more Monday night football game and then two full games left for everybody else, there is a lot of wildness that has taken place so far this year. The Saints now are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. If they go out and they win comfortably against the Panthers tonight, on Tuesday we'll probably come into the show and say, you know what, the Saints are clearly the best team in the NFL. But if the Saints lose to the Panthers, then it will fulfill basically the expectation that is out there right now, which is no one is safe, anyone can win. If your team makes the playoffs, They can advance to the Super Bowl this year in a way that I think proves why the NFL is the most entertaining and the best of the pro sports in our country. Nobody has any idea, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much you watch, what is going to happen from one moment to the next, from one game to the next, from one quarter to the next. If you went to bed early last night 
thinking that all the chaos of Sunday was over. You were wrong. The Philadelphia Eagles given up for dead when it was reported that Carson Wentz was out for the season. Nick Foles hops back into the saddle and leads to uh, leads the Eagles to another improbable win. The L.A. Rams, who looked like they were unbeatable just a few weeks ago, have now lost three games, including two in a row, during which their vaunted offense has fallen apart and during which Jared Goff has begun to look very, very average. Seven turnovers, interceptions, that is, for Jared Goff in the past two weeks. And the end result is, my God, we have one game, like I said, left before the week is out. But it is hard. I'm hard-pressed right now to look at the standings as we move into the playoffs, and I'll break down everything for you uh, before long. But I think other than the Rams' defeat, which was a massive one, they were finished as 13.5-point favorites, and they ended up losing by seven points. I think the big story coming out of yesterday is what I believe is the collapse of the New England Patriots. Now, I understand that a lot of you out there are going to say, Clay, you are crazy. When I tweeted yesterday in the immediate aftermath of the Patriots losing to the Steelers that I believed the Patriots dynasty was officially over, I got predictable responses from people who never want to believe that anything is going to change. But let me make the case for you right now, and then I'll put up a poll question, and I will allow you guys to react. In fact, I'll go ahead and give out the phone number, 877-996-6369. In the past two weeks, and I'm not even necessarily going to make as an integral part of this initial argument, what happened to the Patriots against the Detroit Lions, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, against the Tennessee Titans. In the past two weeks alone, the Patriots have looked to me like an ordinary team in the NFL that is merely good, not great. Let me explain. Last week, the New England Patriots went on the road against the Miami Dolphins, who is just, the Dolphins, I think it's fair to say, are a quintessentially average team in the NFL. The Dolphins are sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. With about 16 seconds left in that game, the Patriots took the field knowing that the Dolphins effectively had one, maybe two plays left to run. And they got hit on the hook and ladder, and Kenyon Drake took it into the end zone for a touchdown. And that dropped the uh, New England Patriots to 9-4, and four, and a lot of us, myself included, who were watching that live were shocked. Not because a crazy thing happened in an NFL game, that occurs all the time, but because a crazy thing happened in an NFL game that went against the Patriots. Losing in that fashion, in that game, was the most unpatriots outcome imaginable. It was the very opposite of do your job. Everybody didn't do their job. Okay, but the Patriots fell to 9-4. And, and yesterday, last week, I came on the show and I said, you know what? I'm taking the Patriots in this game against the Steelers. Because when was the last time you can remember a regular season game that the Patriots desperately needed to win, that they didn't win. Especially against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who Tom Brady has completely owned. 
coming into this game yesterday, in the history of the NFL, no individual player had ever dominated any franchise in the history of the game like Tom Brady had dominated against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And also, the road to a playoff bye was wide open still for the Patriots. And we all know that the Patriots need to be having home field advantage in Foxborough in order to make the run to the Super Bowl. The road to the Super Bowl for the Patriots has almost always rolled through Foxborough. And then what happens? The Patriots come out and get beaten. And don't just get beaten. It wasn't as if the Steelers played a flawless game. They, the Steelers did, missed a chip shot field goal, which, by the way, is what the Steelers have done all season long. Driving, they throw a costly interception around midfield that the, that the Patriots pick off. There were ample opportunities for the Patriots to have won and taken control in that game, and yet they couldn't do it. And not only did they lose, they only posted 10 total points. And if you watch that game, the only touchdown the Patriots put up in the entire game was on an absolute busted play from the Steelers' defense. Suddenly, Chris Hogan found himself with nobody on his side of the field, and Brady hit him for a touchdown. That was the only play all day that the New England Patriots made. In the first quarter, 63-yard touchdown pass, that was it. That was effectively the Patriots' offense on a day where they needed to get that win to get the bye. As a result, they are now sitting at 9-5. and five. They face the possibility of missing the playoffs bye for the first time since 2009. Right now, the Houston Texans would be the number two overall seed in the NFL playoffs. For the first time since 2002, the New England Patriots have lost back-to-back games in December. Tom Brady is having his lowest passer rating in over five years. And the Patriots have all of their weapons out on the field, and they just look old, they look slow, and they look like an average team in the NFL who is good, not great. In fact, I would make the argument for you that if the Patriots weren't in the AFC East this year, the Patriots are likely still to finish 5-1 and one in the AFC East. Would the Patriots win any other AFC division this year? Think about it. They wouldn't win the AFC West. They're not as good as the Chargers, and they're not as good as the Chiefs. I don't know if the Patriots would make the playoffs if they were in the AFC West. Remember, they're just 6-4 and four against everybody else. They're 3-1, uh, and 4-1. and one. What is the math? 3-1 and one right now against the AFC East. They are 6-4 and four against everybody else in their division. Would they win the AFC West? No, they wouldn't. Would they win the AFC South? I don't think they would. 
We saw what happened to them when they went on the road against the Titans. They lost 34-10. to They beat the Colts early in the season, and they beat the Texans early in the season. But would they have beaten both those teams twice? I don't think they would have. I don't think there's any way. So I don't think they would win the AFC South. I don't think they would win uh, the AFC North. I really don't. You look at the way Baker Mayfield and the Browns are playing right now. We saw what the Steelers just did to them. Do you feel good against about Brady and that team against the Ravens' defense? I'm telling you right now, the Steeler beatdown of the Patriots, to me, combined with the way they lost in the last two weeks, plus, and here's my final point here in the last two weeks, the un-Brady-like playing of Tom Brady. Last week against the Dolphins, yes, the Patriots lost in an unexpected fashion that was thoroughly unpatriots. But you know what the most surprising play in that entire game against the Dolphins was? Tom Brady getting sacked at the end of the first half and the clock running out without the Patriots at least making a field goal. Tom Brady just doesn't do that. That mental error doesn't happen for Tom Brady that he gets sacked with no time left on the on the clock and that the Patriots got no points there at the end of the first half, which ended up costing him at the end of the game because it was still a game where they could allow the other team to score. And also, by the way, at the end of regulation, their final possession, they kicked a field goal instead of getting a touchdown there. Patriots usually get a touchdown there at the end of the game, so it wouldn't have even mattered what the Dolphins did. And then, how about the interception that Brady threw trailing 14-10 when it was clear on third down that worst-case scenario there, the Patriots could kick a field goal and be in a position where they could come back down potentially and get a field goal or be driving back down with a chance to win it. It was an awful interception, an awful decision. Throwing off his back foot, Brady hung one up in the air that Joe Hayden picked off. Brady is not playing like Brady. The Patriots are not playing like the Patriots. I believe their dynasty is over. Am I insane or do you agree with me based on what you've seen the past two weeks? 877-996-6369. You can weigh in. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. And let me tell you all about my friends at Omaha Steaks and the offer that they have out there for you right now. You can send the holiday gift that families across America have loved for over 100 years. Omaha Steaks. And they have an amazing limited time offer right now. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code TRAVIS into the search bar. You get 74% off Omaha Steaks family gift package. Originally $195, now only $49.99. What do you get in that package? Four hand-cut top sirloin steaks two savory premium pork chops, four chicken fried steaks. I had it last night, and that was phenomenal. My wife cooked them up for the family. We had the chicken fried steaks from uh, Omaha Steaks. They were great. Four Omaha Steaks burgers, four snappy kielbasa sausages, all beef meatballs, uh, four perfectly brown potatoes au gratin, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, and four more burgers for free. 
This right now is an incredible deal. $49.99. It should cost $195. Just go to omahasteaks.com, type Travis in the search bar, add the family gift package to your cart. Don't wait. Offer in soon. Again, that's omahasteaks.com. Type Travis in the search bar to send the Omaha Steaks family gift package today. Your calls, our reaction, am I crazy for believing based on what I've seen the past two weeks in December, the Patriots dynasty effectively over. They're merely good, not great. We'll continue to discuss. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Um, I will uh, I, I will bring in the crew here. Top of hour two, I'll break down the playoff picture. In hour three, we'll talk with our guy, Alex Marvez. The playoff picture is going to take like 20 minutes to actually break down. And you're needing to get it like a pencil and uh, like cross all these different angles. Like... Everybody, it feels like, is still alive for the playoffs just about. Uh, And there are so many different moving parts right now. I'll do my best to break it down for you at the start of Hour 2. In Hour 3, we'll talk with Alex Marvez. We're obviously breaking down everything in the NFL um, in the wake of what was a wild weekend. And to me, the biggest takeaway is that the Patriots appear to be dead. Um, As big time, you got to be afraid of them, the, the, the dynasty. I believe the New England Patriot dynasty is over. Before this season, my crazy prediction was, I believe that the Patriots would go 8-8 and and lose the AFC East. It's not going to happen. They may still finish 11-5. It's the first time, I think, in eight years that they have not won at least 12 games. First time since 2009 that they are in severe danger of not winning a bye. First time since 2002 that they've lost back-to-back games in December. And I think you combine all of those things. And again, I know they get to finish with the Jets, and I know they get to finish with the Bills, both in Foxborough. I think it's Bills, then Jets, by the way. And both those teams are not very good, and they haven't been very good forever, which is one of the reasons the Patriots have had the dynasty that they have, because the AFC East has been awful. As good as the Patriots have been, the rest of their division has been complete trash. And frankly, so has every quarterback just about in that entire AFC East division for almost the entirety of Tom Brady's tenure with the Patriots. But when you look at the overall storyline of the Patriots, they are behaving in utterly un-Patriots fashion. I am officially pronouncing the New England Patriots dynasty to be over. Brady looks old. The rest of the team, even somebody like Rob Gronkowski, not a dynamic playmaker. The wide receiving core, uh, just okay. The offensive line, getting Brady hit more than I remember him getting hit in a very long time. I think all of it is conspiring to lead us to the conclusion that the Patriots are merely a good team. They're one of about 15 teams that are pretty good in the NFL this year. And as a result, I don't think that they are very likely to advance very far in the playoffs. It wouldn't even stun me if the Patriots are playing in the wild card weekend, if they lost in week one, because that's the kind of season they have had. Uh, Let me bring in the crew. I want to start with Eddie Garcia, because Eddie, you are a a Steelers fan, so you watch a lot of these Steelers games, and you've watched what Tom Brady and the Patriots have done 
time after time after time to uh, the Steelers, how they've just yanked out their still-beating hearts and held it up for them to look at. I said before, in the modern history of the NFL dating back to 1970, no quarterback has owned an opponent like Tom Brady has owned the Steelers. And it wasn't as if the Steelers, to me, watching that game, played that great of a game. Yes, they won, but Boswell was Boswell. He couldn't make field goals. He shanked a a field goal that should have given the Steelers a 10-point lead. Roethlisberger was just okay. Um, You know, look, they made some plays. They only scored 17 points. Defensively, I thought they played pretty well. They gave up one busted play touchdown to Hogan in the first quarter. Otherwise, didn't give up any touchdowns. But it's not like if you watch that game by the Steelers, you thought, oh, they put up their A-plus game. To me, it was more about the Patriots looking old, looking slow, and not being able to win a regular season game that they desperately needed to win that, oh, by the way, would have knocked the Steelers out of the playoffs for now and really put the Steelers' season on life support given the fact that they go on the road next week against the Saints. You've watched this script happen a, a million times. What did you think, Eddie Garcia? Am I crazy for saying this does not feel like the Patriots of old? Are you crazy? No, you are not crazy. Now, I'm not ready to say that the Patriots can't win the Super Bowl this year. I think they can go to the Super Bowl. I think it would be an upset if they were to win it. But the AFC, I'm still not convinced with a lot of the, I mean, Kansas City, I know how great they've looked this year, but it's Andy Reid in the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. Houston, you know, I'm not ready to bet any money on them. I I, I think the Patriots are still in the picture. Right now, let's say this for the Patriots. What would happen if you look at the playoffs right now, here's what the Patriots would have to do. Okay, here's an easy way to think about it. The Patriots would have to beat, if everything stayed the exact same as it is right now, and obviously there's still a lot of moving parts here, but if the playoffs started next weekend, the Patriots would host probably the worst matchup they could have. They would host the Baltimore Ravens in Foxborough. We know the only team that has been capable of going on the road and beating the Patriots in Foxborough in the playoffs has been the Ravens, and that defense the Ravens have would eat Tom Brady in that offensive line, I believe, alive. Now, look, Lamar Jackson, whether he's ready to win a playoff game, I think that was actually the best thing that the, that the Patriots would have going for them. But so you have to get past the Ravens in the wild card. Then you would have to go on the road, assuming everything held. You'd have to go on the road against that Houston Texans defensive line. Your offensive line can't block, and you'd have to beat the Texans in Houston, which I think would be a pretty tough – I don't think the, the Houston Texans are great, but I think that would be a pretty tough game. And then if you won that one, you would have to go, and everything held according to plan, you'd have to go on the road and beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. If they're they're still around. If they're still around. I'm not convinced that the – I'll believe it when I see it with the Chiefs. I'm sorry. I know they've had a great regular season, but the playoffs are a different animal. Look, I'm not – you're not crazy with what you're saying. Look, I've seen the Patriots beat the Steelers many times, and the thing that struck me was the number of penalties – that yeah, they had, it's a great point. 14, they had 14 penalties, yeah. key penalties. That's not what you're used to seeing with a Bill Belichick coach team. They're always going to be smarter than you. They're always going to be more disciplined than you. That wasn't the case yesterday. And the, and drop passes, just, I mean, to me, I know the Brady interception, you, it's easy to put a spotlight on that, and I, I get why you would. But to me, the penalties and the drop passes and just bad fundamental football was a thing that really stood out to me. 
about this loss to the Steelers. Let's get the update while we got you up right now uh, from what happened uh, yesterday. Obviously, we got a ton to react to. Then I'll bring in the rest of the crew. And again, phone number 877-996-6369 here to reach us in the OutKick studio. But give us an update. Uh, What's shaking in all the world? I'm sure this is almost entirely NFL-related. Tons happening. Yeah, of course. We'll start, though, with the Sunday night game with the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles. With Nick Foles back at quarterback, needed a win in L.A. against the Rams, and they get it 30-23. to Philadelphia now 7-7, still alive for a playoff spot in the NFC. The Rams dropped to 11-3 with that loss. Late action, Steelers over the Patriots 17-10. Pittsburgh at 8-5-1 is still on top of the AFC North. While New England failed to clinch the AFC East, they could have done it with a win. They've dropped to 9-5. and 49ers shocked the Seahawks 26-23 in overtime. Seattle's still right now in the playoff race uh, in the NFC. They're holding a playoff spot at 8-6, and six, but thought they were going to get a win and help themselves out, give themselves some cushion. It didn't happen. In the early action of note, Colts shut out the Cowboys 23-0. Indianapolis still right there in the playoff hunt in the AFC at 8-6. and six. Dallas missed a chance to clinch the NFC East. They fall to 8-6. and six. Vikings dominate the Dolphins 41-17. Minnesota remains in the final wildcard spot in the NFC at 7-6-1. Miami drops to 7-7. Seven seven. That's a tough loss for them in their playoff hopes. Ravens beat the Buccaneers 20-12. Baltimore still holding on to the final wildcard spot in the AFC at 8-6. Titans are 8-6. They're shutting out the Giants 17-0. Tennessee's right there in the playoff hunt. The Bears wrap up the NFC North by beating the Packers 24-17. Chicago's 10-4. Green Bay is eliminated from the playoffs with that loss. And the Redskins are still alive. They get a field goal as time expires to edge the Jaguars 16-13. Washington now 7-7 and still alive in the NFC playoff race. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. We are indeed here in the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Maybe I'm crazy. I am officially pronouncing the Patriots dynasty to be over. Now, I've been wrong before. But people out there who say, oh, you can't pronounce the Patriots dynasty. That Patriots dynasty is going to die at some point. And I believe I have seen enough evidence of it this year that the Patriots dynasty is dead. Doesn't mean they may not make the playoffs. Doesn't mean they may not win a game in the playoffs. Their chances of winning the Super Bowl are no different than any other of 15 or even 18 teams that are out there that still have a hope that they can make the playoff. Are you with me, Danny G.? Well, they do look like an average team right now. I'll give you that. I, I, They're the kind of team, though, that you never want to count out because they could get healthy here in the last couple of games. And what I mean by healthy is all those mental mistakes. You guys are right on with talking about the 14 penalties. That's what stood out to me. What's crazy is eight of those came before the snap, and you hardly ever see big mistakes in December from the Patriots. And uh, four drop passes, a couple of those were in crucial moments. The biggest penalty that stood out to me was on that last drive. They had that holding penalty in the red zone, which took away all the momentum. And then the game ended with Brady throwing three straight incompletions. None of none of them were even close. To the first two were very un-Brady-like. Yeah. They were out of the back of the end zone, and they were utterly uncatchable. The third one, he just had to kind of put it somewhere in the vicinity, and but it wasn't a very well-thrown ball either. But last season, you said this a couple of times. You also at the start of this season, said the Patriots were dead, and then they beat a couple of great teams, and then you came on and said, well, they're not dead. I spoke too yeah, soon. So but I'm, I'm rechanging my, my story. I'm going back to my original take. When they lost to back-to-back games 
they lost to, I think it was the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we know are not very good now. And then they lost, when they lost to the Detroit Lions and looked really bad, I said, you know what, I, I, I've got severe reservations. Then they got back home and they won a lot of uh, close games. I mean, they beat the, the Chiefs in a close game. And, uh, and that was the uh, Patriots are not dead yet. But I think if you look at what's happened the last two weeks, again, you go to that stat, they have not lost back-to-back games in December since 2002. I mean, that is a long-ass time. They have not lost five games in a season in this situation going a long way back. Now, they're fortunate again to get to finish with the Bills and the Jets. But you know what? I think they got the Bills coming up next week. It wouldn't stun me if the Bills keep it close against them. Because the Jets, and it wouldn't stun me if the Jets keep it close against them either. Both of those teams are playing better. The Jets nearly beat the Texans. Uh, Maybe should have beaten the Texans. So I'm just, again, I think you look at what's going on with the Patriots right now. I think they look like an average good team in the NFL. And average good teams in the NFL get beat on a regular basis. I had my guys on Lock It In look this up. And the Patriots are likely to uh, have already lost three games to non-playoff teams, which is something that they never do. They lost to the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins aren't likely to make the playoffs. They lost to the Detroit Lions. The Lions are not making the playoffs. They are eliminated. And they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are not making the playoffs, and they are eliminated. They also have been very bad on the road. They have not been good at all on the road this season, losing what, all five of their games so far this year that they've lost have been on the road. And if you look at the playoff picture right now, they lost this game, which for the moment knocked them out of being the number two overall seed. Now, maybe you can argue, look, the Houston Texans have to go on the road against the Eagles this weekend uh, coming up. Maybe the Texans are going to lose that game. Maybe the Texans could lose to Jacksonville to close out the season. Certainly that could happen. But if the Texans win out and finish... Uh, with uh, with two more wins, which would get them to twelve and four, I believe, then the Patriots are in the, on the on the road potentially for two different weeks. We know they'd be on the road for at least one game, and potentially they'd be on the road for two different games. And so, I just don't see the road to the Super Bowl running through New England. Uh, Dub, am I crazy? You're not crazy. And two things really stand out to me. One of them you just mentioned on the road, not very good. Three and five. Two of those th- uh, three wins against the Jets. And Buffalo, and another thing is Rob Gronkowski is not his, is not the old Rob Gronkowski yeah. we've seen the past few years, and that is a huge thing for Brady in this offense, in my opinion. I mean, he is just not open anymore. He had, well, I think, two catches yesterday against the Steelers, and he, he just doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look explosive or healthy, and Brady continued to try to look for him there. I think at least one of the throws that sailed into the uh, end zone was Brady trying to look for Gronk, and uh, that's a good point. I mean that Brady just doesn't have that security blanket. And you feel like Bill Belichick knew it, which is why he made the move to try to go get Josh Gordon. It's why he's tried to figure out if they can use Corderell Patterson in any kind of way in the passing game. They just don't have a dynamic downfield passing threat. And the way they scored, again, total busted coverage uh, to allow Chris Hogan in from 60-plus yards out. Otherwise, the Patriots just didn't have a dynamic playmaker there. Let's go take some of your calls. Uh, I think we got some people lined up. Uh, John in Phoenix, am I crazy? Hey, what's going on, Clay? Good morning, man. Appreciate the call. So I just wanted to kind of throw like a hypothetical at you. So the, pa- the Patriots have been showing fractures since last offseason, obviously the beef between, you know, Kraft, Belichick, Brady, you know, whatever it may be. 
How about this hypothetical? The, the Patriots collapse, which it does look like it's happening. Brady gives Kraft an ultimatum. Make McDaniel the head coach. Choose me or Belichick. Belichick goes to Cleveland as the new head coach to coach Baker Mayfield and wraps up his career in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'll hang up with this a minute. Uh, that'd be a hell of a that'd be a hell of a lot of moving parts. That that's a hypothetical that happens after the season is over. When I come in on a Wednesday and there's absolutely nothing going on, I'm like, hey, let's talk about the possibility of Bill Belichick leaving and going to take over the Browns to finish with Baker Mayfield, who by the way should be the rookie of the year. Baker Mayfield is playing better than Saquon Barkley, who got shut down by the Tennessee Titans. Baker Mayfield always got to go with the quarterback over the running back. Baker Mayfield should be rookie of the year. Catfish Jake in Nashville. What's up, my man? Hey, what's up, Clay? Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm on board with you for, for only one reason. I, I I think this year more than any other, the Patriots are losing uh, not just for for having a bad game here or there, but the mental mistakes, and they just don't look as interested and they look discombobulated. I think that's the reason that they uh, that I, that I agree with you. Usually, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they went out and go win the Super Bowl. That wouldn't shock me in the least, but. It looks like to me their dynasty is coming to an end because they just they're making uncharacteristic mistakes and sometimes they seem kind of disinterested. So I'm kind of on board with you there. And yeah. uh, Titans had a pretty good win yesterday. Yeah, Titans look dominant. Titans have given up uh, one touchdown uh, defensively in the last three games. So that they're one of many teams right now that I think if they get in the playoffs can make some noise. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point about the the mental errors and the mistakes. Fourteen penalties. Usually what happens when you make penalties is you're trying to do too much. Why are you trying to do too much? Because you don't believe that what you have to offer is enough to win. Honestly, that's the story of a lot of times when you make mistakes. It's because you're trying to do way too much. You're trying to take advantage of uh, of, of limited opportunity and you're trying to excel in a way that you don't really have the capability of anymore. Taylor in Vermont. What's up, Taylor? Hi, um, I got a, a, a few comments on this one. Um, I, I mean, you, you, you beat a few of them into the, into the ground, but the, the penalty uh, issue, I, I, I was wondering if you think that that's a little bit having to do with the increase in penalty this year. I know that um, it's, it's definitely just having a horrible effect on, on, on you know, their momentum going through the game. It's like every time you turn around, they're getting whistled for something. Um, but I, I have to say, you know, leaving that game, the only thing I wasn't – horribly down on was Brady himself. I know he didn't look great in the very end there, but I feel like a little bit of that was some desperation. That interception he threw, it was like, you know, how many times they got to go down there? And I, I feel like Brady has also made the comment that maybe I just need to throw one out there. You know, he was he's being a little bit too conservative. Um, and then kind of, I'll, I'll say one more thing and I'll let you go, but, um, you know, their dynasty is definitely over. And it's 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 hard to say, but Every other piece besides, you know, Brady is Brady's withering a little bit, and then they just don't have anywhere to go. I mean, their offense, their defense, they're getting run right through. Um, they're like Swiss cheese, and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to see, but you can't count on the defense at all, and you can't count on the offense at all. You can't even count on special teams anymore. So, you know, it's a hard time to be a fan, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and say – a lot of that game, I don't think was was necessarily on Brady's shoulders. Those four passes that were that were dropped, you had one that was a little bit behind White, but the two from Edelman and the one from Gordon, I think those were third downs. I mean, we just can't, we couldn't get anything together. And and uh, you know, Gronk had Gronk Gronk was interviewed and he was real nervous 
saying, I don't know if we're going to be able to come back from that. And that really struck a chord in me. And I feel like the Patriots knew they were teetering on being able to uphold greatness. And when they took that loss in Miami, I think it shattered a little something inside that bit of confidence where they were thinking, maybe we can pull this through. Now it's over. You, you take this loss yesterday, and, man, I don't have any confidence in him. I don't see him going very far. Appreciate the call. Uh, we'll continue to take your calls, 877-996-6369, asking is the Patriot dynasty over at the top of hour two on the show. We will break down all of the teams that are alive for the playoffs, and it is a massive list. In hour three, we'll talk with Alex Marvez. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Are you traveling over the holidays? Blink motion-activated cameras let you monitor your home, pets, and package deliveries through the, using the Blink smartphone app. Save up to 40% through 1222 while supplies last. Visit blinkprotect.com slash holiday. That's blinkprotect.com slash holiday. Asking the question, is the Patriot Dynasty dead? My answer is yes. Everybody says, oh, the Patriots never going to... But at some point, every dynasty dies. What I have seen this year from the Patriots, what I saw the last two weeks in particular against the Dolphins and now against the Steelers, has convinced me the Patriot dynasty is officially dead. Uh, And a thousand of you are voting. We have the poll question up. Uh, Is the Patriot dynasty dead? Simple question. Um, Over a thousand of you have already voted. 54% of you are saying yes the Patriot dynasty is dead. We're taking some of your calls on this. Let's go to Denzel in uh, Virginia. What you got, Denzel? Hey, uh, I want to just say the Patriot dynasty is not dead. And the reason why it's not dead is because the Patriots have been playing chess and everybody else has been playing checkers for years. It's still the same thing. I looked at the playoff standings. The Patriots will play the Texans and the Chiefs will play the, will play the Steelers if it started right now. The Chiefs and Steelers, the Patriots know, can beat each other up. We can go beat the Texans, win the Texans, and then we'll go against a team that is either the Steelers or Chiefs who who just beat each other up the following week. The dynasty isn't over until Belichick says it's over, and he ain't ready to say it yet. I think he said it was over when he he traded Jimmy Garoppolo. Thanks for the call. I think that... That ended the dynasty in some ways in my mind because that meant that the dynasty would not extend beyond Tom Brady. If Belichick still had Jimmy Garoppolo and they were passing the baton to somebody else, at some point, Brady at 41 is done. I think he's close to done, and I think the Patriots without Brady just become a regular franchise. Clay in Texas. What's up, Clay? Hey, Clay. Uh, I think... uh... This is a little overreaction. As much as I want the dynasty of the Patriots to end, I think this was just a stunning moment. I don't think that the Steelers went out there and exposed the Patriots. And they, uh, I think they'll get clean up those mistakes that they had uh, with the penalties, and uh, they'll be healthy in the playoffs. I'll take my comments off the air. Thank you. Charlie in Dayton. What's up, Charlie? All right, Clay, I've got two points to make. As far as the Patriots go, I watched two games yesterday, the Bengals and then the Patriots game later, and I couldn't tell the difference between Driscoll and Brady. Uh, so I think, yeah, the Patriots well, one, are One of them has five Super Bowls. The other one has won uh, one game in his career as a starter, so that's one difference. Yeah, well, I'm just saying as far as 
uh, like quarterback performance. It was they were both lousy. Um, the other point is, as far as the playoffs being wide open, the only middle of the road quarterback as far as age is Russell Wilson in the playoffs. I thought that that would it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like everybody else is either three years in or three years from their way out. What do you think about that? I'll break down the top of the at the start of hour two. I will break down the playoffs. That is an intriguing point about Russell Wilson being only middle of the road guy, either they're young guys or they're old. Uh, Dave in Utah, what's up, Dave? Hey Clay, uh, enjoy the show. I appreciate the call. I'm going to make it quick since I'm on my cell phone on my way to work. We all know how great cell phones are here in our wonderful world. Um, yeah, I think you got it right. The uh, Patriots are, are pretty much done. You think about the Patriots of old. I mean, they had a really good relationship between coach and team. And as you can kind of see through the years, they're kind of falling apart. You know, Belichick looks like he's lost interest. You know, they had, I know they had some controversy with uh, Brady and Gronk. So, I mean, the team's kind of reflecting their leadership right now. I think you're right. I think the Patriots are pretty much done. Poll question is up. Uh, we will dive into the overall playoff picture at the start of hour two. But the poll question, if you want to vote in it, you can find me at Clay Travis. Uh, thousands of you jumping in already. It's going to be uh, thousands and thousands of voters. Uh, right now, is the Patriot dynasty dead? 2,000 of you have voted in the first uh, 10 minutes that this thing has been up. And 54% of you are saying yes. 54% saying yes, the Patriot dynasty is dead. When we come back, why the NFL playoffs are wide open, and what the playoff picture looks like as we get ready for Monday Night Football between the Panthers and the Saints tonight. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Appreciate all of you spending your morning with us. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. And we got a big poll question up for you that is driving some people crazy. People hate when you question whether what has been will continue to be. Uh, is the Patriot dynasty dead? Thousands of you weighing in on Twitter. You can find the vote at Clay Travis, my name, on Twitter, at Clay Travis. Is the Patriot dynasty dead? 55% of you are voting yes. Uh, nearly 3,000 votes. I got some facts for you here that would suggest the answer might be yes. Um, here we go with some of these uh, stats. Uh, New England has fallen to number three in the conference right now behind the Houston Texans. They have the the first round bye in every season when they've advanced to the title game. They've had a first round bye. They are 0-3 at reaching the championship game when entering the playoffs in the wild card round. This is the most losses by New England already in a season since 2009 when New England went 10-6 and lost in the wild card round. They've lost three of their last five. They are one and two now in December. And this would be if they lost to either the, uh, and this would obviously be a big upset, either the Bills or the Jets, it would be the first losing December in the Tom Brady era. Uh, They are three and five on the road. That's the worst road record for New England since 2009 when they went two and six. They committed 14 penalties for 106 yards 
That's tied for the second most penalties by New England in any game of the Brady era. On offense, they have scored now 10 or fewer points in three games this season. That's the most of any season in the Brady era. They uh, are also, uh, this is the first loss by Brady in a game in which New England allowed fewer than 20 points since 2014. They had won 35 straight games in that scenario. Brady is on pace for his first sub-100 passer rating since 2014. Um, And he now has seven games, Brady does, with one or fewer touchdown passes. That's the most of any season since 2013. So all of those facts that I just rattled off would suggest that the dynasty, if not dead, is certainly on life support. And if the Patriot dynasty is either dead or on life support, this means that even more so than normal, the playoff picture is wide freaking open. If you are an NFL fan, and most everybody who's listening right now is, this is about as good as it gets. This is why the NFL is the best pro sports league because we come down the stretch here. We got one Monday night football game left, and then everybody else has two games remaining on the season, and anything could happen. So I'm going to try my best here to break down the AFC playoff picture, and then out of this break, I'll break down the NFC playoff picture based on what we have seen so far and where we would be. So let's start in the AFC. Right now, your overall number one seed is the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs finish at Seattle, and then they get Oakland Raiders at home in Kansas City. They right now are tied with the Kansas with the LA Chargers, and so they have the tiebreak. Here's what's wild about the playoff picture in the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs right now have the number one overall seed. That means they would get the bye week. That means they would be able to play at home all the way advancing to the Super Bowl. Here's what's wild. If they lose a game and the Chargers win out, then the Chiefs would fall all the way from the number one team with the home field advantage throughout and the bye week to the five seed. That's how much is still at play right now if you are a Chiefs fan. You might be number one overall, but you could fall all the way to the five seed, be playing in the wild card round, and know you would be on the road probably unless the six seed in the playoffs won out too. You'd be on the playoff, uh, on the road in the playoffs probably for three straight games if you were going to have to go to the Super Bowl. That's pretty wild. Andy Reid, by the way, one and four in the playoffs. Chiefs have not won at home since 1993. So the Kansas City Chiefs are the number one overall seed right now in the AFC, but they could fall all the way to the five seed. If you heard me talking about this last week, this is why I believe that you should get uh, the top two teams, regardless of whether they happen to be from the same division, should get the buys. So in my opinion, if the Chiefs and the uh, Chargers finish as the best overall teams in the AFC, they shouldn't have that much swing at play. The difference between a one and a five seed shouldn't be in the mix. Uh, so that is uh, that is where we are there. In the two seed right now, the Houston Texans. But the Houston Texans, if they lost their last two and they play on the road against the Eagles and then they host the Jacksonville Jaguars, could fall all the way from hosting a home playoff game and getting a bye week to being the number six overall seed in the playoffs. Okay? That's pretty wild to think about. 
in the third spot right now. We have the New England Patriots, although if they lost a game and the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers won out, then New England would fall to uh, the four seed and uh, they would be in the wild card round and they would be the last of the, the lowest seeded of the divisional champs. However, they could rise as high as the number two overall seed still in uh, in the playoffs. They could fall as far as four. So New England, because they basically won their division. Now, to be fair, I think there is a tiny, tiny percentage chance that if uh, the Miami Dolphins won out and the uh, New England Patriots lost out, that the Patriots would miss the playoffs and would lose the AFC East. So if the Patriots were to lose to at home, which would be a tremendous, you talk about dynasty being dead, that would officially be a dead dynasty. They would have to lose to the Jets and the Bills. If that happened and the Miami Dolphins won out, the Dolphins would win the AFC East. This game, this would be a lot more interesting if, say, there was a one game separating between uh, the, the Dolphins and the uh, and the Patriots. But that's the only way, basically, uh, that the Dolphins would make the playoffs as well is if the Patriots effectively lose out. Um, okay, what about the Pittsburgh Steelers? They right now are sitting at 8-5-1. and one. They're in the four seed in the playoffs, okay? But if the Steelers lose on the road against the Saints, and they would be likely to do that if you look at odds makers, and the Baltimore Ravens were able to go on the road and win against the Chargers, then the Pittsburgh Steelers would be out of the playoffs. Likelihood, if you listen to odds makers, is that both the Steelers and the Ravens would lose their upcoming games. And if that happened, then the Steelers would remain in and the Ravens would fall out. But there's still a lot of uh, things that can happen in the AFC uh, North where the Steelers have a half-game lead right now over the Baltimore Ravens. The five seed right now is the LA Chargers, but if you listen to me break that down, the Chargers also have the possibility of still ending up as the number one overall team if they could win out and if the Kansas City Chiefs lose a game. So uh, that is, for the Chargers, you're either going to be the one or the five, and for the Kansas City Chiefs, (coughs) you're either going to be the one or the five. Both of those teams, tremendous difference in whether they're the one seed or the five seed. All right, what about the final wildcard spot? Right now, the Baltimore Ravens have it at 8-6. and six. They are winning a three-game tiebreak. But the Baltimore Ravens have to go on the road against the Chargers. So the expectation is that the Chargers would beat the Ravens, according to the odds makers. And if that happens, then it's likely that we're effectively going to have a playoff game in Nashville. Uh, the last week of the season, I think they would flex this game and it would be Sunday night football and it would basically be a playoff game because the Titans got the win 17 to nothing over the Giants. The Titans now have allowed one defensive touchdown in the last three weeks, all wins. They uh, got the shutout for the first time in nearly 20 years over the Giants and the Colts got a shutout over the Dallas Cowboys. So the Colts get at home this weekend, the Giants. Likely the Colts are going to win that game. The the Titans get at home, the Washington Redskins. 
likely the Titans are going to beat the Washington Redskins. If both of those teams win those games and they're big favorites there, the Colts and the Titans, then it's likely that the final playoff spot in the AFC, that wild card spot, number six overall seed, would be decided by the outcome of the Titans and the Colts game. So that is out there. Danny G, I need you to talk for a sec because I'm about to die of coughing here. Well, I'm really interested in seeing with the AFC playoff picture is the Indianapolis Colts because last week they were my dark horse and I was really happy to see them shut out the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, Cowboys fans, but Andrew Luck and especially the Colts defense and their defensive coordinator, they need to be acknowledged because the Colts look like a team that could slide into the playoffs. Yeah, look, I mean, I think any of those teams. So right now, I would say, and look, there are other teams that are kind of sitting around out there. I mentioned the Miami Dolphins. If they win out and the uh, and the losing out happened by the, by the Patriots, that they could make the playoffs. But really, I think there are eight teams alive, and I think it's going to come down. If you look at the way the schedule is laid out, I think it's going to come down to who wins that Colts-Titans game in the final week of the season. I think that game, I think they'll flex it on Sunday night football. And I think it'll come down to the Colts Titans in Nashville for whoever wins that game gets to 10 and six and gets the number six overall spot. Now there's also still a lot of potential outcomes that are wild. For instance, if the uh, new England paid, I'll give you a crazy one. If the new England Patriots lose a game, And if the Houston Texans lose, lost their final two, right? The Titans could go all the way from out of the playoffs right now to the number two overall seed in the NFL and get a bye and be sitting at home for week one of the playoffs. That's how much variety there is. You know, you talk about Kansas City potentially going from one to five or the Chargers going to one to five. The Titans right now are number eight in the AFC. They could go all the way to number two if everything broke perfectly for them. So that's how much uh, craziness is out there in terms of how much movement we could still see in the overall playoff picture in general. Uh, But in the easiest way to break it down for you, I believe, is either the Steelers or the Ravens will win the AFC North. The other team, I think, is likely not to make the playoffs. And then the final playoff team, I believe, is likely to be whoever wins that Colts-Titans game on the final week of the season, which effectively makes that a playoff game. All right, that is the AFC playoff picture. AFC playoff picture, wide open. There are eight teams that feel like they have a really good chance to make the playoffs. The Miami Dolphins sitting there at 7-7. and Basically... Everybody else kind of out of the picture. And as much fun as the Cleveland Browns have been, they basically are, I think they're effectively eliminated now, aren't they, with that uh, that Pittsburgh win? I think they are effectively eliminated. Even if they were able to win out, the Pittsburgh Steelers would have the tiebreak over them. So I don't think there's any way possible now for the Cleveland Browns to make the playoffs. So there are nine teams that still have a heartbeat in the uh, in the AFC playoff picture. And I would say eight of them, really strong heartbeat, all the way down through the Colts and the Titans. All right, when we return, I'll give you the breakdown of the NFC playoff picture coming off of that huge loss 
that we just saw the uh, the St. Louis or St. Louis Rams, the L.A. Rams have last night against the uh, the Eagles. Huge win for Nick Foles uh, going on the road, making some Eagle fans wonder, hey, what would have happened if we'd had Nick Foles the whole season? It is pretty wild. Uh, in the meantime, a lot of you starting off your morning right now and you're brushing your teeth. You might even be brushing your teeth while you're listening to me right now. And if that is what's going on, one of the most important things we do for our health, well, it's brush our teeth. Yet most of us uh, don't do it correctly, according to dental professionals. Right now, 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes, and we don't clean evenly. Quip can take care of that. They are a great gift. They let you know. Also, a great deal of us use bristles that are old, worn out, and ineffective. Quip will take care of that because they send you brand new brush heads automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. That's one of many reasons, those two are, why I love Quip, and they're backed up by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go right now to getquip.com slash clay, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip slash clay, G-E-T, Q-U-I-P slash Clay. Take care of your teeth today. Go to GetQuip slash Clay. Makes a great gift as well. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. When we return, I got the NFC playoff breakdown for you. It's madness in the NFL, and we're trying to make sense of it all. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, the list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, poll question that is up right now. All of you can go vote in it. Is the Patriot Dynasty dead? 6,000 of you have voted in the first half hour. This thing has been up. You can go find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. 55% of you are saying yes, the Patriot Dynasty is dead. Uh, 45% of you saying no. That's with just shy of 6,000 votes in this morning. Uh, Go cast your vote. We just ran through the AFC playoff picture, and I think you could tell by the way I discussed it that it's a mess. If I had to predict right now, I think the simplest way to say it is whoever wins the AFC North, either the Steelers or the Ravens will get in. And then I think the winner of the Colts-Titans game will get in because one of those two teams is likely to finish 10-6. and six. And uh, I think that will be the final playoff uh, spot for the AFC. But still, so much going on and uh, so much potential uh, outcome there that could shock people. But let's go to the NFC. Tonight, we aren't complete yet. The the Saints are on the road against the Panthers tonight. The Saints now have got a really wide open path to uh, completing and having home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They now have a one and a half game lead over the Rams with three games to go. If the Saints win tonight, they would be playing on Sunday against the Steelers with a chance to lock up home field advantage throughout the playoffs and theoretically rest everybody the final week of the season against the Panthers and then go ahead and sit out for a bye week and then start off their run to the Super Bowl knowing that everything would have to go through the Superdome. So that is how much of a control the Saints have over the Rams right now 
one-and-a-half game lead with three to go. If they win, they would have a one-and-a-half game. If they lead, win tonight, they would have a one-and-a-half game lead with two to go. So they are in really, really good shape. The Rams right now are in the two spot in the wake of their beatdown that they took. I think it's fair to call it a beatdown, given the fact that the Eagles were up 17 uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, now, the Rams go on the road against the Cardinals. Surely, the Rams will get healthy there and win that game. And then they close out with the 49ers, who aren't playing awful under Nick Mullins. Two straight wins now uh, for the 49ers, including one in overtime over the Seahawks, which we'll get to here in a moment. Uh, but the Rams get both of those games to finish out two divisional games. The AF, uh, the NFC West, probably the weakest uh, bottom of the uh, entirety of the NFL. So you would think that the Rams would have a good chance to get to 13-3 and and kind of right the ship a little bit. Chicago Bears sitting at 10-4, and and they close with the 49ers. Again, not as easy of a game as it looked a little bit a couple of weeks ago because the 49ers have run, won two in a row with Nick Mullins. And then they close against the Vikings. They would like to obviously have everything kind of wrapped up before they even get to that game, and, uh, and they are uh, close to doing so as well. Uh, in fact, they have already clinched their division, and basically it appears that they have clinched that number three spot <coughs> with the hope that maybe they could advance and get a bye if the Rams were to lose one of their final two because they have the tiebreak. So the likelihood is really that the Bears are close to being slotted into that number three seed unless the Rams collapse against either the 49ers or the Cardinals. So the NFC up top is nowhere near as wild as the AFC is up top. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys, they got whipped by the Colts, but they basically, if they win one of their final two, will clinch their division. Uh, The uh, Washington Redskins sitting right at 7-7, and and the uh, Eagles also sitting at 7-7, and but neither one of those teams really feels like they're playing at a high enough level to uh, to, to dominate and, and win out. And again, all the Cowboys have to do is win one game, uh, and they will lock up that division. All right, the Seahawks seem to be in pretty good shape, even though they lost in overtime. They could have put a, a total, taken total control, but they got the Chiefs now, right? And then they go, uh, they play against the Cardinals. The Seahawks, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of nervousness, maybe just a very little bit of nervousness as you come down the stretch. If you'd won that game in overtime, you'd have no nervousness at all. You would have uh, gone ahead and locked up everything. And then the Vikings got a big win over the uh, Miami Dolphins to keep the uh, the Vikings in that final playoff spot right now. Philadelphia Eagles sitting... By the way, let's look at the Vikings schedule as they finish. Uh, they get the Lions on the road. That Theoretically, the Lions now eliminated from the playoff. That's a game that Kirk Cousins and the uh, and the Vikings should win. And then they get the Bears at home. Likely that the Bears potentially will be resting everybody on that final home game. So if you're a Vikings fan, you have to feel somewhat decent about getting that sixth seed. And then you would have potentially back-to-back games against the Bears uh, because if the Vikings uh, make the playoffs as the sixth seed, they would be slotted to go on the road in Soldier Field against the Bears. So you potentially have back-to-back games that are the exact same there in that situation. Philadelphia Eagles sitting at 7-7. and Uh, Maybe Nick Foles' magic is going to happen again. If so, they'll have to beat the Texans, and then they'll have to go on the road and beat the Redskins. 
Uh, the Redskins stayed alive. The Jacksonville Jaguars, man, have they ever collapsed. That is just an ugly scene there. Uh, the uh, the Washington Redskins go on the road against the Titans this weekend. They are 10-point underdogs, uh, which is a huge number. Biggest favorite the Titans have been over any team this year, if that gives you any sense. Carolina Panthers sitting at 6-7, and seven, still have a little bit of playoff hopes. That's it for the NFC, right? So the Carolina Panthers basically have to win this game and then they need to win next week uh, in that uh, game in between against the Falcons. And then they need to hope that the Saints don't have any reason to play against them the final week. They need to win out to get to 9-7 and seven and put themselves in the playoff race. But again, if the Seattle Seahawks win one game, I believe, and if the Minnesota Vikings win their final two, then both those teams would be in the playoffs and it wouldn't matter what anybody else has done. I think I've tried to make sense of what is a very messy NFC and AFC playoff picture. And I think I have done so in a good a good way. We'll find out. I'll bring in the crew and ask them about it. Uh, but first, Eddie Garcia, what's shaking in the world of sports? Well, it's hit you up with the Geico scoreboard from week 15 in the NFL. And since you broke down all the playoff races, we'll kind of focus on some of the individual performances. We'll start Sunday night with Nick Foles back at quarterback. The defending Super Bowl champion Eagles went on the road, knocking off the Rams 30-23. to Rams fall to 11-3. and Philadelphia improving to 7-7. and In the late action, it was the Steelers over the Patriots, 17-10. to Pittsburgh now 8-5-1, and still on top in the AFC North. Uh, the Patriots fail to clinch the AFC East, falling to 9-5 and five in New England. Suffers two straight losses in December for the first time since 2002. 49ers beat the Seahawks 26-23 in overtime. Seattle's at 8-6, still holding a wildcard spot in the NFC, but that's a tough loss for them. Early games, Colts shut off the Cowboys 23-0. Indianapolis helping their playoff hopes. They improved to 8-6. Marlon Mack rushed for 139 yards and two touchdowns. Dallas misses a chance to clinch the NFC East, falling to 8-6 as well. Vikings roll over the Dolphins 41-17. Minnesota remains in the final wildcard spot in the NFC at 7-6-1. Remember, they fired their offensive coordinator they said they wanted to run the ball more with Dalvin Cook, 136 yards rushing and two touchdowns in the win. Miami falls to 7-7 seven seven with that loss. Ravens over the Buccaneers, 20-12. Baltimore holding the last wildcard spot in the AFC at 8-6. They're now 4-1 with rookie quarterback Lamar Jackson as the starter. Titans shut off the Giants, 17-0, helping their playoff hopes. Tennessee, 8-6. And, and running back Derrick Henry had another huge game, 170 yards on the ground and two scores. Bears beat the Packers, 24-17. Chicago's 10-4. They clinched the NFC North for the first time since 2010. Green Bay falls to 5-8-1. Uh, and one. They are eliminated from the playoffs. Redskins over the Jaguars on a field goal as time expires 16-13. to 13. Washington keeps its playoff hopes alive. They're 7-7. Seven seven. They win with Josh Johnson as their starting quarterback. He was 0-5 in his career as a starter. Gets his first ever win as an NFL quarterback. And this report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. We are indeed here in the Geico Outkick Studios where we are coming to you live. Uh, and you can save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, okay. Was that a messy explanation? I tried to make sense. People are like, the AFC and the NFC playoff picture is pretty messy. And not only is it messy in terms of who might make it, but trying to project what the seeding is going to look like is insanely difficult as well as we come down towards the final two weeks of the season. The NFC still obviously a little bit to be decided. And uh, what happens in that Panthers uh, and Saints game will go a long way towards determining exactly what happens at the top and the bottom of that race. But Danny G, 
clear as mud or did you have a comprehension there what kind of stands out at you final couple weeks well I think it's clear if you are a fan of one of the teams that is still alive the rest of it sounds like some complicated math and we have some mathematicians listening Mark tweeted the Browns are still in the playoff hunt you guys they would have to win out Ravens lose out Dolphins lose one of their final games Colts and Titans both lose next week and Colts and Titans tie in their final game <laughs> is that actually true that's what would yes. have to happen in order for the Brown if, they, yes. if that's true that might be correct I was trying I, I could see that because uh I, I don't know all the different tie break scenarios but I think in that's really funny by the way I think in the AFC the easiest way to think about it is and look it could happen that one of these teams loses this game but even if that were to happen, I still think the outcome of the game would be very much uh, like anyway. The tight the AFC is likely to come down, very likely to come down. I think the Titans are going to beat the Redskins, and I think the Colts are going to beat the Giants. Assuming that happens this weekend, both of those teams will get to nine wins, and then whatever happens in nine and six Colts versus nine and six Titans would likely fill in the final playoff spot in the AFC. We're not quite there yet, but I think that's when you look at what's coming down the pike, that seems to be by far the most likely outcome. And then I think I don't believe it's very likely that the Ravens are going to go on the road and beat the Chargers and that the Steelers are going to go on the road and beat the uh, and beat the Saints. Why do I say that? Well, if both of those teams keep winning, then nobody else is going to be able to get in. It wouldn't matter what happened with the Titans and with the Colts. But I think it's likely that at least one of those two teams loses. If that happens, then the other of those teams would be knocked. And by by the way, both of them could lose, in which case we go into the final week not knowing who's going to win the AFC North either. So that's uh, that's the complicated factor in the AFC. That I love the breakdown there from the crazy Browns fan who believes that they're still alive for the playoffs. And by the way, we haven't even talked about this. Greg Williams, this is an amazing stat. Greg Williams has won more games coaching six times for the Cleveland Browns than Hugh Jackson did coaching for two and a half years. Hugh Jackson went 336-1 as a head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Greg Williams has gone 4-2. and two. That's wild to think about. That Greg Williams in six games, and Bronco fans I know are out there just like, what in the world's going on with Vance Joseph? When can we get rid of this guy? Um, because uh, that was a wild ending on Saturday night, uh, the way that game ended and effectively ended the uh, the Denver Broncos' playoff chances. But man, what a wild kind of just uh, end of the season we are having, which to me confirms why the NFL is the best pro sports league in all of America. All right, let me go around the horn here. Dub, what stands out to you about that playoff breakdown that I just did? Well, speaking of the Browns, as we just mentioned, who are still alive, I mean, if they only had a kicker for their first two games, I mean, they'd be right, and they'd be in the wild card lead, I believe. Well, the challenge be... then is if they had a kicker, they might still have Hugh Jackson employed, which probably means they would have lost more games. That's a fair point. And another thing I'm looking at, the Colts. I mean, that matchup Week 17 against the Titans would be incredible just to watch as a, as a football fan. But is there any is there a team you want to play less in the playoffs right now than the Colts? I mean, they started off one and five, since then seven and one, and that defense is is rolling, and that offensive line, which used to be their biggest weakest uh, weakness, is their biggest strength now. 
Yeah, look, that would be an incredible... I mean, NBC, I think... Do they still do... Will somebody look that up and confirm that they still are going to flex a game on the final week of the season and that we will have a Sunday night football game? I think we will. And usually they wait to flex and make that a uh, the game that has the most playoff significance. Um, and, and somebody... I think that they will flex that game. And if they do, then it will almost positively be the Titans going up against uh, the, the the Colts traveling to play against the Titans in the final week of the season because that's effectively then a playoff game. Um, you know, both of those teams, you mentioned how the Colts have started. The Titans now have won four in a row and uh, or will have won four in a row after I think they're going to beat the Redskins. Um, and then they'll be in that basically massive play-in game to see who, see who, can, make the, who can make the run. Uh, Eddie Garcia, what stands out to you do you, what do you think about the Steelers? You're a big Steeler fan in their head-to-head coming down the stretch against the Ravens. Do you agree with me that it's unlikely that both the Ravens and the Steelers are going to win out and that that'll be the outcome? Yeah, I, I, I see both of them probably losing next week. Uh, and then you've got the two Ohio teams uh, will be playing in the division to try and uh, see if they can affect the playoff race. The Ravens will be taking on the Browns, which certainly isn't as easy as it would looked earlier in the year. And then the Steelers will be playing the Bengals. Uh, and, uh, well, I don't, I don't know. The, Pittsburgh, the way they've gone this year, uh, you could see them losing that game, actually. So I, I, I don't know. I, both those games, again, for I think the, I think the Ravens and Steelers both lose next week, and then the final game, we'll see if they we'll see what they do. They should probably, I guess, both win, but then the, the Steelers would come out ahead thanks to that tie they had against Cleveland in Week One. Yeah, it's a I mean, the, coming down the stretch, it's pretty exciting to see what's going to happen. Uh, we'll continue to break this down. We got a poll question up. I'll talk about it when we come back out of the next break. Final segment of hour two up next, continuing to unpack the NFL playoff picture. And also, uh, we'll get you ready. Hour three, Alex Marvez is going to join us. We'll be continuing to talk all about the NFL. This is our NFL reaction extravaganza. Monday Night Football tonight. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that game when we come back to Carolina Panthers hosting the uh, the uh, New Orleans Saints. Saints are close to locking in that overall number one seed. What do we think is going to happen tonight? We'll get some predictions maybe from the guys uh, next. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back in. Adam Sandler bringing us back in. Such a great song. It's funny every time you listen to it. Uh, Absolute classic. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. Go to untuckit.com to see the new fall arrivals. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, for 20% off savings. Um, There is going to be a game flexed on Sunday Night Football. There are several different games that are in the mix for potentially being flexed. And I don't think they'll announce it until, what, Sunday? Uh, Sometimes Sunday evening uh, when they actually know which game will have the most playoff implications. That's what they try to do in general. And... Colts-Titans is, a, I think, a prohibitive favorite to be the game that's flexed uh, because that game is likely. I think, again, the Colts are hosting the Giants and the Titans are hosting the Washington Redskins. Both of those teams are big favorites if you look ahead uh, in terms of Vegas probabilities for what's likely to happen. The Titans are right now a 10-point favorite over the Redskins. That game will be played on Saturday. Um, and uh, right now... 
The Colts are a nine and a half point favorite against the Giants, who were eliminated from playoff contention uh, last week or yesterday by the Titans. So you would think that both the Colts and the Titans are likely to win at home against uh, lesser teams from the NFC East. If that happens, then nine and six Titans against nine and six Colts is likely to be for the final playoff spot in the AFC, which would make that effectively a playoff game. And so uh, that's the game that would likely get pushed to a evening kickoff in Nashville, uh, which would put a, a lot at stake there. By the way, if you're paying attention to the playoff picture and you're wondering as we come down the stretch, the Ravens are going on the road against the Chargers. That's a Saturday night game. Uh, the Chargers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. I've not yet seen a, uh, a line for Texans-Eagles as the Eagles come out of their, uh, their performance there. Um, in terms of significant playoff game uh, picture games, the uh, Patriots are a 12-point favorite over the Bills. And uh, let's see what other games are out there that are significant. Uh, the Saints right now, a 6.5-point favorite over the Steelers. And in what it will be a really big game, Chiefs on the road against the Seahawks. The Chiefs are a 2.5-point favorite over the Seahawks. Uh, massive game there. Uh, so all, all of those, uh, all of those games, all in uh, in uh, in consideration, we'll see as the playoff picture continues to reveal itself. Um, I think I teased. What did I tease? I don't even remember exactly what I teased. Went to break. I said, "Oh, the game we got going on tonight. We've got the Panthers hosting the Saints. Why does this game matter? Well, obviously, the Saints have uh, have been running roughshod over pretty much everybody." notwithstanding the performance they put up against the Cowboys. But to me, the Saints have a one-and-a-half point game, one-and-a-half game lead with three to go in the wake of the Rams' loss last night. If they win this game, and they are a six-and-a-half point favorite in the game tonight against the Panthers' Monday Night Football, then Drew Brees can solidify his Monday Night Football. uh, Drew Brees can solidify his uh, MVP standing if he has a really good game tonight against the Panthers. And the Saints can set themselves up to be playing at home in New Orleans where they would only need to win one of their final two to lock up home field advantage throughout the playoffs and the number one overall seed in the NFC. So this is a pretty big game for the Saints. And uh, also... It is, I think Ron Rivera is on his last legs as the coach of the Panthers. Remember, the Panthers were 6-2, and two, and they have now lost five games in a row. People talking about, including me, hey, Cam Newton looks like uh, MVP Cam again. Man, the Panthers look like a real threat. And now they're sitting at 6-7, and seven, and effectively they can be pretty much eliminated from playoff contention if they go out and they lose at home in this Monday night football game in Carolina. So, does anybody on the show, feel free to speak forward, anybody on the show have any faith at all in the Panthers as we go into this this Monday night football game? I think it's going to be a close game, so I'm going to say the Panthers will cover, but the Saints will ride off with the W. I don't think so. I I think the Saints are going to come out and play. The thing about the Saints, and look – I tweeted last night, if the Saints lose this game, then everybody just has to throw up their hands and say, we got no idea what's going on in the NFL right now because it would mean that there isn't even remotely close to a prohibitive favorite in the uh, in the entire playoff picture. 
right? I mean, that would be the takeaway, I think, beyond a shadow of a doubt. If the Saints lose, then you look at the NFL and you say, man, I got no idea what's going to happen from one week to the next in this entire league. Uh, But if the Saints go out and win, I think they have to be a substantial favorite to win the Super Bowl because I think they would at that point in time, that would get them to 12-2, and be the unquestioned best record in all the NFL, and everybody would have to be looking at the Saints and saying, you know what, not only do they have the offense with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and everything they've been able to do with Kamara and with uh, uh, with Ingram, they have the ability to shut down people defensively. I think they would have the best combination of dominant offense and dominant defense in the entire league. So this, to me, is a uh, statement game for the Saints. With everybody watching, they can basically come out and say, we are the best team in the NFL. And in order to beat us NFC, you are going to have to come through the Superdome where we've only lost one game all year, and it was the first week of the season, and it was against Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the statement game that the Saints have an opportunity to make. On the flip side, Carolina Panthers, if they could somehow win this game, and then the Saints bounce back and they beat the Steelers, you could hope if you are the Panthers that you win your final three because the Saints would rest all their starters in the final week of the season in the Superdome, probably, and they just wouldn't really care what the outcome of that game would be. Then you get in a little bit to the difficult analysis of, as a coach, do I really want to rest my starters in the final week of the regular season if we're also going to get a bye week so we wouldn't be playing a significant game for three weeks? And you also have to balance out, hey, what do you do about, you don't want Drew Brees to get injured in a game that doesn't matter at all. It's all kind of a complicated question at that point for Sean Payton. It's a good problem to have, but I think the Saints will come out and play really well tonight. I think they come out and they kind of establish their dominance, but I'm going to have to continue to break down this game, and obviously we'll be talking about it a lot on Lock It In uh, on FS1, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. All right, final hour of the show up next. We'll dive back into our poll question if you're just waking up and joining us is the New England Patriot dynasty dead? That's a poll question up on Twitter right now at Clay Travis. Plus, Alex Marvez will join us. This is Alki the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Happy Monday. Hope all of you across this great country are having a spectacular start to your week. As we move closer and closer to Christmas, NFL fans are getting to open presents every single game. Late last night, for many of you on the East Coast, if you didn't stay up for it, big-time upset. The Rams lose to the Eagles. The Eagles at 7-7. Seven and seven, They're trying to find some more Foles magic as they come down the stretch of the season. Could they end up stealing away a playoff spot? We will see. Regardless, they remain alive, along with a lot of other NFL teams, and there are so many different storylines to get to. One game remaining this week, the Carolina Panthers hosting the New Orleans Saints, who now, the Saints do, feel like they have got a clear pathway to the Super Bowl. They have a one-and-a-half game lead in the wake of the Rams' defeat with three to play. If they win this one tonight, then the Saints would only need to split their final two home games against the Steelers and against the Panthers, and they would be in position to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The Steelers get a massive, unbelievably important win for them over 
the New England Patriots to ensure that at least for another week they remain the head of the AFC North and the the, the Baltimore Ravens keep uh, pace with them by also winning. Now, both of those teams go on the road. Uh, The Ravens on the road against the Chargers on Saturday night in L.A., and the uh, Steelers on the road against the Patriots. Massive game for both of those teams uh, next weekend. Both of them are underdogs on the road. But I think the biggest storyline coming out of yesterday's games, honestly, is the continued averageness, assuming that is a word, the averageness of the New England Patriots in an era when we have come to presume nothing less than complete dominance. And so here is uh, the poll question for the day. And it's a little bit bold, but a lot of you voting already, nearly 11,000 votes in in the first hour and change. Is the Patriot dynasty dead? Yes or no? 54% of you right now are voting yes. 54% of you voting yes, the Patriot dynasty is dead. You can go vote in that poll question at Clay Travis. I agree with you. I think the Patriot dynasty is dead. And the reason why I would say it's dead, well, I've got a bunch of stats for you. When you think about what has happened with the New England Patriots, to me, the storyline, as much as anything else, is about how unpatriot-like they have looked. Last week against the Dolphins, it wasn't just that the Patriots lost. It was that at the end of the first half, Tom Brady lets the clock run out, gets sacked with no timeouts left, and as a result, the Patriots don't extend their lead beyond one score. They were up 27-21. to They had a sure thing, chip shot field goal that would have put them up by nine points at the end of the first half. Instead, get sacked, and they get no points. Well, then they give up, obviously, the, the Miami miracle, the series of laterals, all those different uh, outcomes that led to an improbable ending for the Dolphins down in Miami. This weekend, they come back, and the one team that Tom Brady has owned more than any other has been the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brady has been just a revelation against the Steelers. And in fact, they had lost five games in a row, including the playoffs the Steelers had against the New England Patriots. And it wasn't like Ben Roethlisberger came out and played flawlessly. He threw two interceptions. Boswell can't make any field goals. He shanked one that should have put the Steelers up 10 points. And as a result, the door was wide open for the Patriots to come out and win this game. Instead, they tripped all over themselves. They only scored one touchdown, and that was on a busted play defense by the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers that led to a 60-plus yard touchdown. Let me run through some of these stats that would make you definitely believe that the New England Patriot dynasty has either crumbled or if it isn't dead, it's on life support. Uh, New England has had a first-round bye in every season of the Tom Brady era in which it advanced to the title game. Right now, New England, with this loss, fell to the number three seed in the conference behind Houston. Why does it matter? Tom Brady, when he has to play from the wild card, The Patriots are 0-3 at even reaching the championship game when entering the playoffs without a first-round bye. In other words, the Patriots in the wild card do not advance very far. They have never even advanced to the championship game. 
This is the most losses. The Patriots now sitting at 9-5. and five. Most losses by New England in a season since 2009. That year they went 10-6 and six and lost in the wild card round. New England, the Patriots, have now lost three of their last five games and they're averaging just shy of 21 points a game in, that content, in those games. They are 1-2 now in December. It would be the first losing December in the Tom Brady era. They are 3-5 and five on the road this year. That's the worst road record by the Patriots since 2009 when they went 2-6. and six. Now, on the positive side, they do close with the Bills and the Jets, both in Foxborough. But on the negative side, the Patriots committed 14 penalties for 106 yards in their loss, and that's tied for the second most penalties by the Patriots in any game of the Tom Brady era. They scored only 10 points. They now have scored 10 or fewer in three games this season. That's the most of any season in the Tom Brady era. And this is the first loss by Tom Brady in a game in which New England allowed fewer than 20 points since 2014. They had won 35 straight games otherwise when the team has scored fewer than 20 points. Brady on pace for his worst passing numbers since 2014 and he now has seven games this season with one or fewer touchdown passes most in any season since 2013. I give you all of those stats to put forth the case that there is a strong argument that this year's Patriots is merely a good team. A team much like many others that are fighting to hope to make the playoffs. I just don't see historically very many times when the Patriots have had a chance effectively to slam the door and say this bye week is ours. We are going to make sure that we snag overall this bye. And potentially if the Patriots had won, you could have looked forward and said, you know what, and they have a chance at the number one overall seed in the playoffs because if they had gotten to 10-4, and they're sitting there at 10-4 and hoping that Maybe, maybe the Chiefs could go on the road and lose that game this coming weekend against the Seahawks. And then if the Patriots won out and beat the Bills and the Jets, the Patriots could have been the overall number one seed once more. This effectively closes the door, I believe, on the number one seed, any possibility of it at all. And as you now come down the stretch, it makes it seem likely that the Patriots may have to go on the road and play in the wild card. They get to host game one in the wild card, assuming they go on and win the division. Otherwise, they wouldn't win the win the win uh, probably make the playoffs at all. But this, to me, having watched the Patriots the past two weeks, they are thoroughly unpatriot-like. This is not a team that's going to contend in a high level, in my opinion, for the Super Bowl. And if that doesn't happen, if the Patriots are not a Super Bowl-caliber team this year, what makes you think that next year they're suddenly going to be a lot better with Tom Brady then 42 years old. Gronk looks like he's finished. He just looks like a defeated player. Rob Gronkowski does. And even the way that game ended, first of all, with the awful Brady interception, Joe Hayden made a good play, but Brady just threw the ball up for grabs. Secondly, those throws into the end zone. Very un-Brady-like. There was nobody open, but he wasn't even giving his guys chances to make plays He hummed two out of the back of the end zone that had absolutely no chance to be caught. And then the final play, 
it just doesn't look like Gronk has any kind of lift in his legs at all. The way that game ended, it just felt it just felt very unpatriot like. So I am with the majority of you. A lot of people out there on the on the Twitter machine coming at me and saying I'm crazy for making this uh, pronouncement, but the vast majority of you right now are agreeing with me with 11,000 of you having voted, is the Patriot dynasty dead? 54% of you right now saying, yes, the Patriot dynasty is dead. Um, all right, when we come back, I'll ask that question of our guy, Alex Marvez. Uh, he is going to join us. He will help break down everything that happened in the NFL yesterday and also give us a sense for what he thinks is likely to happen as this playoff race comes down the home stretch here. So many different teams involved. So much craziness. The NFL, the best pro sports league in America because you legitimately have no idea what's going to happen from one game to the next. We'll see whether that continues tonight. If the Panthers win, then everything is in an uproar as we come down the final two weeks of the season. In the meantime, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. We'll break down everything with Alex Marvez. He's up next. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back in. Appreciate all of you. Elvis bringing us back here uh, as we roll through the Monday edition. Outkick the coverage. So much uncertainty out there. We're in the Geico Outkick studios. So much uncertainty in the NFL playoffs it is. Uh, We're brought to you by TrueCar. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with TrueCar, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar. True cash offer not available in all areas. Uh, this is obviously Outkick the Coverage, and uh, Eddie Garcia, for those of you who went to bed maybe before the game ended, he can catch you up on everything that took place in the world of the NFL and beyond. That's right. Uh, here's the Geico scoreboard from Week 15 of the NFL Sunday night. The defending Super Bowl champion Eagles had to have a win in L.A. against the Rams, and they were able to get it with Nick Foles at quarterback. 30-23 to was the final Philadelphia, now 7-7. And still alive for a playoff spot. The Rams dropped to 11-3. and Late action from Sunday. Steelers over the Patriots 17-10. Pittsburgh at 8-5-1 is still on top in the AFC North, while New England fails to clinch the AFC East, falling to 9-5. Overtime for the 49ers to surprise the Seahawks 26-23. Seattle at 8-6, still holding a wildcard spot in the NFC. Early action. Colts shut off the Cowboys 23-0. Indianapolis helping their playoff hopes. They're now 8-6. Not in the playoffs at the moment, but certainly right there on the outside looking in. Dallas misses a chance to clinch the NFC East, falling to 8-6. Vikings all over the Dolphins, 41-17. Miami falling to 7-7 on the air. That loss hurts their playoff hopes, while Minnesota is holding on to the final wildcard spot in the NFC at 7-6-1. Ravens beat the Buccaneers 20-12. Baltimore holding that final wildcard spot in the AFC at 8-6. Titans are also 8-6 as they beat the Giants 17-0. Bears clinch the NFC North, beating the Packers 24-17. Chicago improving to 10-4. Green Bay is eliminated from the playoffs with that loss. And the Redskins keep their playoff hopes alive with a last-second field goal to beat the Jaguars 16-13. Washington is 7-7 on the season. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing without any more with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. We are indeed here in the Geico.
Geico Outkick Studios, and we're brought to you by TrueCar. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with TrueCar, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar. True cash offer not available in all areas. Did I already do that, Reed? If I did, they just got an extra one. And in fact, I need to tell you that we're here in the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We bring in now Alex Marvez. Uh, And Alex, question for you right off the top. You've been talking about him for a long time, as has anyone else who has talked about NFL uh, action. Is the Patriot dynasty dead? No, it is not. But a large part of what's going to happen with this year's team is going to be determined over the next two weeks. And I say that because this is a Patriots team. First, I understand everyone pressing the panic button. They haven't lost consecutive games in December since 2002. That is also the last time that the Patriots failed to reach the playoffs, going 9-7 and seven that year. But, and they haven't played a first-round game since 2009, and we all remember how that ended up uh, with them getting just absolutely demolished uh, in that first-round game against the Baltimore Ravens. But here's the thing. Do they get home field advantage or not? I mean, look, eight Super Bowls, Belichick, Brady, for all eight of those appearances, they never had to leave Foxborough. I mean, they, they, you know, they were home for all of this. Now, right now, they're on the outside looking in when it comes to home field advantage. All of a sudden, the New England Patriots are the biggest fans in the world of the Philadelphia Eagles. Why is that? Well, if the Eagles beat the Texans in Week 16, and I know Houston's got Jacksonville at home Week 17, and you'd figure Houston would win that game, but if the Eagles are able to upset Houston, the Patriots went out against Buffalo and the Jets, they get one of those top two seeds. And that's really all that matters to them. It's a two-game season at that point playing at home, and the Patriots are a different animal when they're in Foxborough than they are on the road. So for everyone that's throwing you know, dirt in the grave and all that sort of stuff, do not bury these folks yet. But if they have to go on the road and play a first-round playoff game, yeah, I think the Patriots' dynasty, I just can't see them winning three games on the road to get to where they need to be. So what's going on with the Patriots? But So obviously the Steelers got the win, but the Steelers didn't play, I didn't think, that well. You know, I mean, they won. Yes, they got 17 points. They gave up only 10, and obviously defensively they made the one mistake on the Chris Hogan long touchdown pass. Otherwise, they played pretty well. But when you look at this Patriot team, what is it about them that has them sitting at 9-5? and five? And by the way, they also won a couple of close other games that they could have theoretically lost. I mean, this has just been, uh, whether it's the collapse late against the Dolphins or whether it's the late interception, it just doesn't feel like the Patriots. The 14, uh, 14 penalties, uh, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, that was a huge part of it yesterday. Six on the offensive line play. I mean, you have to go back a long ways to see 14 penalties called on the Patriots. For the second straight week, it's a team that beat itself, right? I mean, you think about how they ended the game against the Dolphins. Terrible decision to put Rob Gronkowski on the field to try to defend, you know, a Hail Mary pass that was never coming. And you take your best defensive, you know, back out of, out of there in Devin McCourty and you put Gronk in. That was a disaster. But, you know, you're right. I mean, look, these are uncharacteristic Patriots things. And I think the thing that you see is they just look older. You know, Tom Brady doesn't look as magical as he did. Rob Gronkowski, I mean, the end may be coming quick for this guy, man. And, and he may just walk away, you know, but he just doesn't look up completely healthy. He's been in and out of the lineup this season. They've been trying to address the wide receiver position to get more dynamic throughout the entire year, and they whiffed every single time. 
You know, I mean, really, you think about the number of guys that they brought in and the number of guys who didn't work out. And whatever happened to Josh Gordon, by the way, and how is that experiment working out for you? So that, that's a big deal, and there's no, there's no real difference makers on defense. I mean, they've always been able to scheme and, and you know, again, trick teams and, and just play better collectively than individually. But this front seven is just, bleh. you know what I mean? There's just nobody out there that's like, wow, if I'm going to build a defense, I'm going to build it around blank. No, there isn't that guy there. But again, Patriots on the road, different team than Patriots at home. They still have nine wins. The Miami Dolphins, do we really trust that they're going to win out their final two games and the, and the Patriots are going to lose at home to Buffalo and the Jets? If that were to happen, you've got bigger problems there. But I, I just think in the offseason, it's going to be interesting for New England. Does Tom Brady want to come back? Does he feel that he can continue to play at a high level? Do the Patriots start, you know, what type of investment do they make? in the quarterback position this offseason. There's nobody waiting in the wings like a Jimmy Garoppolo that, that has you juice that they're going to be that next-generation type of player for this team. So I think a lot, I mean, a lot more questions surrounding this Patriots team at this point of the season than there have been in any year that I can remember. What about the Cowboys? How nervous should the Cowboys be about the beatdown that they got in Indianapolis? Well, you know, it's interesting. They held the ball for 19 minutes and 18 seconds in the first half, and they didn't score. So it's a little bit of a quirky game. You know, listen, maybe we're underestimating the Colts. They've done a fantastic job this year of taking away a team's number one wide receiver, and they did just that with Amari Cooper. Only four catches for 32 yards. Listen, I I get it. You know, the last time the Cowboys were shut out, we're talking 5,509 days ago. You've got to go back to week 11 of 2003 when Quincy Carter was playing. Troy Hambrick was leading the team in rushing. You know, the, you go back to those not-so-halcyon days of the Dallas Cowboys. But I, I think really more a blip. These games, Clay, when you get Dallas and Indianapolis, two teams that play every four years, I, I can't use it as a sample size. The other thing is Matt Eberflus, the, uh, the Colts, and, this, and I said this on Fox Sports Radio all weekend when I was asked about this game. Matt Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator, he came from the Dallas Cowboys as linebackers coach. And I was wondering, okay, since being around that staff so much and seeing that Cowboys offense every day, what are you going to do to come up to defuse it? And, and he did a really nice job. But, again, I think we're underestimating this Colts team, too. I mean, they are a hot team. They can score points. They got the running game going yesterday with Marlon Mack. I mean, that's uncharacteristic of this Colts team. I just think outplayed, outcoached the Dallas Cowboys this week. But I don't think a reason for panic, especially with Tampa Bay coming to town next week and finishing your season at the New York Giants. I still think the Cowboys win this division and land that number four seed. What about the Rams? What happened last night to the Rams? How much panic should there be in L.A. to the extent that people have embraced the Rams yet? Well, you know, the Todd Gurley situation during the game when he had to miss a couple series because of his knee was a significant issue. I mean, he's only had 23 carries in the past two games for 74 yards. And this was a guy who was on, you know, a pretty much a record-setting pace through the first half of the season. You get concerned about Jared Goff. I mean, look, six interceptions in the past two games. And you wonder how much is this offense missing Cooper Cup? I know that Josh Reynolds had a nice game last night, but Brandon Cooks, he disappeared. In that game, they haven't been able to get him really on track. And, you know, with the defense, man, you know, you you think about it. I mean, and really it's like, you know, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's like almost like a half second difference in that game last night. Nick Foles with that incredible deep pass and Donovan Sue half second late. You know what I mean? It's just some of the plays where Foles was taking an absolute beating. If Sue is there half a second quicker, man, everything changes. But, but, you know, now you see why the, the, you know, the Rams traded – for Dante Fowler Jr. And, you know, midway through the season. And Dante didn't you know, show up last night in a big way, but they realized they have a problem because if they cannot pressure 
that secondary, for whatever reason, and it, it, I don't know if it's just, you know, Marcus Peters sort of having a, not as an elite a year as they thought, but they're getting picked apart a bit. You know, and their linebacking crew isn't that great, so that's been an issue for them as well. And when they're not able to get pressure, when teams can block Aaron Donald and can handle and Donna can sue, and well, the defense gets exposed a bit as well. So these are, these are legitimate concerns for the Rams. The good news for them, they've got some time to figure it out because they've got Arizona and San Francisco over the next two weeks. And I know the 49ers are feisty. Yes, feisty. But again, these are games that this team should win. They are headed to the playoffs. They, are, they have won the division. And as long as they don't screw it up and they win one of these final two games, Games, they're at least going to get a first round bye. We're talking to Alex Marvez. Go follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. He joins us every single Monday in hour three. Okay, let's. Uh, I, I am fascinated by how something like this happens. Derrick Henry, for the first several years of his <laughs> NFL career, looks like he's going to be at best like a, a middle of the road running back in the NFL, right? Like, not really extraordinary, not really bad. And then the past two games, he's turned into. Earl Campbell. I mean, and and that's not even an exaggeration. He just broke the two-game rushing record of Earl Campbell. He goes Mm -hmm. for over 200 on Thursday Night Football, has a 99-yard run like Tony Dorsett did. A lot of people saw that. And then he follows it up with 170 on the road in a rough, you know, kind of rainy, ugly, foggy, uh, ugly environment, I would say, in general, in uh, against the Giants. What in the world's happened that he's suddenly awesome? Well, they've changed the offense. And and, this is sometimes you get a first-year offensive coordinator in Matt LaFleur, and Matt is a guy who is from the Kyle Shanahan tree. I mean, he goes back a long way with Shanahan. So he comes in as your offensive coordinator. They're trying to put in West Coast-style concepts, which leads to different blocking on the offensive line. And when you think about a Kyle Shanahan offense, you usually don't think about a 250-pound running back, you know, being featured in that. You know, normally they're going with lighter guys, uh, the one-cut-and-go type of players that, that can read the zone blocking. And, listen, this wasn't just a problem for Derrick Henry early in the season. It was a problem for the offensive line. I mean, Jack Conklin was one of the best rookie right tackles we've seen in the NFL in forever. He comes back this year from his knee injury, and he's a very poor player. I, I mean, he, you know, I know he's on IR now, but, you know, so did this guy just get bad overnight? Well, no, he struggled to adjust like a lot of players on this offense seem to to what the guy was doing. So now Matt LaFleur changes things up. They do, they do more power running, and suddenly Derrick Henry is thriving. You are right, 408 yards in the past two games. No player in franchise history has ever hit those heights. Earl Campbell had 405 back in 1978, six touchdowns in the past couple games as well. So, I mean, they've become a run-first type of team, and, and it's suiting them well. Kudos to them for making the adjustment. Of course, it makes you say, why did they wait so long, and why couldn't they figure this out earlier? But, you know, again, they're, they're going right now. And, look, Marcus Mariota, when you can win games when you only have to pass for 88 yards, like he did yesterday against the Giants, hey, you're on fire, right? And now they get the Redskins at home. I'm not sure if they're going to be the Redskins uh, with Josh Johnson are going to be able to make that two in a row. But, wow, that was, an, that was an, another story right there, beating Jacksonville. And then home against Indianapolis. And, Clay, I saw your Twitter. You're thinking, you're thinking Sunday night football. You're already looking ahead week 17. Indianapolis and Tennessee getting flexed with a playoff berth on the line. That seems very viable at this point. It really does. And, uh, and, and that would be a hell of a game because basically it is a playoff game game um, at that point in time to see who could get in in the AFC guys are probably not going to get in this year but I'm curious what you think they do at the at the head coaching position the Browns they're now four and two under Greg Williams I think Baker Mayfield should be the uh, offensive uh, rookie of the year I think he should get it over Saquon Barkley personally 
Uh, but what in the world has gone on there? What do you, is there any chance the Browns give the job to Greg Williams based on the way he, the, the team has responded since he got there? Obviously, Freddie Kitchens, uh, as an offensive coordinator, seems to have really melded well with uh, with Baker Mayfield. What's going to happen with the Browns? Suddenly, they're not a laughing stock. No, they're not. But you know, you have to wonder too behind the scenes. Okay, Greg Williams. What are, what are his ideas for the direction of this franchise? Does he keep Freddie Kitchens? I mean, these guys had no history to my knowledge, working together. Freddie Kitchens is a Bruce Arians disciple. Does Greg have an idea? Does he want to work with someone else? Does Freddie want to continue to work with Greg Williams? I mean, you know, listen, it's an arranged marriage for right now, right? Because they were both promoted into, into jobs. They weren't hired. You know, they were hired by Hugh Jackson. And, you know, but you see what I'm saying? It was like they were brought in from the outside. They don't, they don't have any past history together, and they were just basically employees. Now, at this point, if Greg is under serious head coaching consideration, he's got to say, do I like Freddie Kitchens for the long term, or can I do better? Do I I have someone else in mind. Uh, so I think that's something that you have to consider. I think, too, everything that the Browns are doing is about the development of Baker Mayfield. So if you feel that Freddie Kitchens is that guy and, you know, you want to try to keep both and you think that this relationship can continue, then I think it's something that John Dorsey continues. But I think you have to have a bigger picture issue here about Baker Mayfield and his development. And I think that's where you got to say, can we get a head coach in, you know, the next Matt Nagy, the next Sean McVay, the next quarterback whisperer, so to speak, and move forward as a franchise like that because, you know, the defensive coordinator position has been downgraded. You know, really, I mean, we don't talk about teams searching for the next great defensive mind to defuse offenses. No, it's trying to find those offensive coaches that can put points up on the board. Now, you know, that trend may change at some point. I think I mentioned Matt Everflus earlier. I think he's going to be a hothead coaching candidate. Vic Fangio will probably get his interviews with the Chicago Bears. If you stand out in any job enough, opportunities are going to come. That being said, I just think these are some of the things that John Dorsey's got to consider. But you're right. And listen, Baker Mayfield just added such a spark. And what I like is that it doesn't get too big for the kids. Like when he's having a rough game, like he was in the first half against the Broncos, you're 7 of 18 to start. He can rebound. He just shrugs it off. He goes 11 for 13 in the second half of that game. The Broncos finally lose to the Browns. The Browns end the 11-game losing streak. To put in perspective how long this losing streak had been going on, Baker Mayfield was five years away from being born the last time Cleveland beat Denver. It's an amazing stat. We're talking to Alex Marvez at Alex Marvez on Twitter. What's going on with the Baltimore quarterback situation, and do you think Lamar Jackson is good enough to take the Ravens into the playoffs? Oh, absolutely, because of the style of football that they play. But everything really comes down to Saturday. And I'll get to Lamar in a second, but, but think about this. They beat the Chargers, and Pittsburgh loses at New Orleans. The Ravens take over the division. And then they just got to beat, and it's not going to be easy, but they got to beat Cleveland at home in Week 17, a team that beat them earlier this year for the first victory, starting victory of Baker Mayfield's career. They lose on Saturday? Oh, boy. Because if the Steelers, Titans, and Colts all win, Baltimore is eliminated from postseason contention. That is the way the playoffs work. Listen, Lamar Jackson, what he's doing is, is pretty much unprecedented, right? I mean, he's the first quarterback since 1950, Joe Neri, with the Pittsburgh Steelers to rush for 14 or more times in four games during a season. But look at these rushing numbers. It is absolutely amazing. They go for 242 against Tampa Bay. They've averaged 230.4 yards in their past five games. They've rushed for at least 190 yards in five straight games. The first team to do that since the 1976 Pittsburgh Steelers with Franco and Rocky. And they've averaged 3607 
in time of possession. A guy named Gus Edwards has gone for three straight 100-yard outings in five games. I mean, and the guy hasn't gotten tackled for a loss yet. How about that for a running back? No tackles for loss during the past five games. It has been absolutely ridiculous. This defense is solid. You know what? It makes you say, why didn't you guys do this? This earlier, why, why did it take a hip injury to Joe Flacco to put Lamar Jackson in the lineup? Is it, look, is it sustainable for long-term success, Clay? Probably not. You know, you expose a quarterback to all those hits, and ultimately something bad is going to happen. I mean, just ask RG3. He's on the Ravens. But for right now, you know, just finding a formula to get through the season to win games, the Ravens are doing it. But again, huge matchup against the Chargers on Saturday. When you look at, uh, there's a couple of interesting quarterback situations, I think, out there now that have to be decided in the state of Florida, where you live. Jacksonville is just a disaster. Uh, I mean, just an (laughs) abject disaster. They managed to lose to the Redskins. I think they had 20 yards passing, if I'm not mistaken. Cody Kessler, like, everything about this is just a disaster. What are they going to do? Can they get rid of Bortles? Are they? I, I just I have no clue. Are they going into the draft and taking somebody in the first round now? Is Tom Coughlin going to take over this job? I mean, this is one of the biggest disasters that I can remember when you consider that the that the the Jags were three and one, and a lot of people were talking about them as Super Bowl contenders. And since that time, the math is even hard to do here. Uh, I believe they are one and nine in their last ten, and the yep. entire wheels seem to have come off this franchise. Yeah, and they're going to start dismantling the roster with some high-priced guys. You already see Barry Church get released. You saw Malik Jackson. His playtime has gone down. I think even Calais Campbell may be in jeopardy of getting released, and and just because of the salary cap implications. I think this is a little bit of TBA here, Clay, and I'm not trying to to not answer the question, but first, I don't, you know, I, I did think that Doug Marone was safe as head coach of the Jags, you know, going into 2019 and have a chance to clean this up. I'm not as certain of that anymore with the way that this season is going from what I understand. So we'll see. we got to monitor that situation. Tom Coughlin, I'm just not sure if Jags management wants him to go down to the sideline. I think they want Tom to continue in his role. Listen, they made a bad talent assessment. They, they thought Blake Bortles was going to turn the corner. And as an organization, from the coaching staff to the people making the personnel moves, they believed in him. And, and Dave Caldwell, the general manager, was the one beating the drum the loudest. They thought that what you saw from Blake in 2017 was sustainable, that he was going to continue to evolve as a quarterback, he was going to make plays with his legs, and this offense was going to be fine. They were going to run the football. I mean, remember, they made Andrew Norwell the highest-paid guard in NFL history. Yes, that was their big offseason investment, not a quarterback, but a guard. And then the other thing that they did, they went all in on Bortles. They didn't draft Lamar Jackson when they had that chance late in the first round. They took Taven Bryan on their defensive line. So they left themselves without a developmental quarterback. This is the thing about the Jaguars. If they have a high draft pick, you can go with a rookie quarterback, but you've got a roster ready to win now. So the question becomes, do you get, is this a two-pronged move here? You draft a quarterback really high, and the Jags, again, putting themselves in position for a top-five pick, and there are some teams that have those early picks, like Arizona's not going to draft a quarterback again. I don't see Oakland drafting a quarterback again with the way Derek Carr is playing. So, you know, there's going to be opportunities to move up. It's going to cost you draft picks, but do you also need a bridge quarterback? Does a Joe Flacco come into play here? If the Giants jettison Eli Manning, does Tom Coughlin say, hey, for one year we can bring him in, we'll start him, we'll have him as a mentor, we'll be pretty good, and get this rookie quarterback ready to go in case they're not ready to play right away? I mean, this is the way of the world. So I, I don't see Blake Bortles coming back. Clay, it's not cost prohibitive. It's not pleasant to have to swallow some salary cap money, $6.5 million, I believe, in dead money against their cap. But it's a $190 million cap. They can get by. But the big question is, where do they pick in the draft? And then what veteran options are out there available if you do want that bridge quarterback? 
All right, the other team in Florida eliminated from playoff contention for the 11th straight year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now they basically have a decision to make with Jameis Winston. Maybe they want to see what he can do uh, in the final couple of games of the year still, but what are they going to do? My impression from from the people I talked to there is that the front office will keep Jameis Winston. But that being said, who's going to be in the front office? Who's your coach? You know, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, I, you know, listen, everyone is, is throwing, you know, dirt on Dirk Cutter and all that and, and burying him, you know, just maybe next to the, in the tomb, you know, in the tomb next to the Patriots, right? But the guy's an incredible offensive coach. The, the weird part about Tampa Bay, Clay, and this is the thing that, that I think is just probably so maddening for Bucks fans. You've got Mike Evans having a career year, right? I mean, he already set the franchise receiving record with 1,328 yards. The Bucks are the only team in top five in all-time passing yards through 15 games, all-time passing yards through 15 games that didn't reach the postseason. We're talking 4,464 passing yards gone to waste. They're on pace for the most points and yards in franchise history, and they're out of the postseason for the 11th straight year. It is maddening. So if Dirk Cutter's gone, is Jason Light gone? That's a fair question. Jason Light and, and Dirk Cutter were the guys entrusted to developing Jameis Winston. My feeling is the Bucks play this out for one more season. It's not cost prohibitive to have Jameis Winston on your team. A $21 million salary is actually you know, below market value when, as far as the top-tier guys you know, when it comes to quarterbacking. So I think he gets another chance. Maybe they take a, you know, a quarterback to develop. Uh, you know, again, though, it depends who the general manager is. I don't see the extension coming for Jameis Winston, but I think the odds are he's back. The big question is, are Dirk Cutter and, and, and uh, Jason Light going to be there with him? All right, last question for you. Quick answer. Who wins tonight mm-hmm. between the Panthers and and the Saints. I'm going with the Saints, but honestly, Panthers winning wouldn't surprise me. Back against the wall, man. Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, are they going to be back in 2019 if this team continues its free fall? I think the Saints are a better team. The Panthers just have too many issues on the defensive side of the football. Outstanding stuff as always. Alex Marvez, we'll talk to you next week as this playoff picture continues to play itself out. Thank you, Mr. Travis. Uh, go follow him at Alex Marvez on Twitter. Final segment of the show. We'll break down that upcoming game and give you a little bit more of the playoff picture. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Guys, it's never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. You may think it makes you look casual, but more than likely, it just ends up looking sloppy. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked, a casual shirt that's not too long, not too short. It's just right. Shirts designed so well, GQ calls them perfection. Untuck It shirts are a go-to for any occasion, from casual to dressy, and not only they look good, they feel great. Impeccable craftsmanship and attention to detail make Untuck It the only choice for the untucked man. With more than 50 sizing options, every guy can find the perfect shirt. Whether you have a six-pack or you haven't seen your abs since college, log on to untuckit.com and check out all the new fall arrivals. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, for 20% off your entire first-time purchase. You can also visit Untuck It at one of their over 40 retail locations throughout the country. Stop hiding your shirt with your pants and your pants with your shirt. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, for 20% savings. Final segment of the show. We've been breaking down the NFL playoff picture throughout. If you're just waking up across the country, last night we had a, uh, a wild ending in the, uh, the game between the Rams and the uh, Eagles. Nobody out there 
was predicting that Nick Foles would go on the road and do what he did. The Eagles ended up a 13-and-a-half-point underdog. They brought a lot of fans out to L.A. to be there in person, cheering like crazy for the Eagles. And it came down to an attempted throw into the end zone, final play of the game from Jared Goff. It is pretty wild. Uh, In the meantime, Patriots, question that is out there, and this is up on Twitter right now, um, is the Patriot dynasty dead? And 10,000 of you or more, let's see what the latest numbers are on this, Uh, 15,000 of you have voted Is the Patriot dynasty dead? 54% of you are saying yes. 46% of you are saying no. Um, And there's a lot of evidence out there that the Patriot dynasty could be dead. And honestly, I think a huge part of it's going to be what happens with the Texans going on the road in their game against the Eagles. Eagles look like they're dead, left for dead. Carson Wentz potentially out for the season. Nick Foles comes in, and we end up in a situation right there where uh, the Eagles get a massive underdog win as a 13-and-a-half-point underdog in that game. And now the Texans go on the road against the Eagles. If the Patriots have to play out of the wild card, what they have consistently shown over their dynasty with Brady and Belichick is they really only advance to the playoffs when they have everything set up perfectly, right? When they get to be the number one seed when the road to the Super Bowl runs through Foxborough. If that is going to happen, and look, it still could, then they need the Texans to lose to the Eagles or they need the Texans to lose to the Jags in order for the Patriots to beat the Bills and to beat the Jets and advance as the number two overall team with a bye. That's what they need to have happen. They had control of the playoff picture even after the collapse late against the Dolphins and they couldn't control it. They couldn't make the plays that they needed to make Uh, down the stretch I thought Brady looked old the interception that he threw that was picked off by Joe Hayden was an ugly awful throw Gronkowski doesn't seem to have much of a lift in his legs he just doesn't look like the same athlete we've gotten used to over the years we had a couple of drop passes big time drops in situations that usually the Patriots don't have big time drops in I'm just not sold on him so I am of the opinion that the Patriots dynasty is done I appreciate all of you for listening Make sure that you go download the podcast uh, with OutKick. Search it out on iTunes. um, And we will be back on tomorrow breaking down what is potentially a coronation game for the Saints close to grabbing overall playoff number one seed in the NFC and making the playoffs run through the Superdome. This has been OutKick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.